What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 podcast. Today, I'm going to dive deeper into Beyond Brand, uh, Beyond the Brand Studios. I'm going to dive deeper into some questions that we are creating. We are now in some of the final moments of curating the the first draft, if you will, the first official draft of 15 or 20 questions that we're going to be asking CEOs, founders, uh, direct reports of certain roles so that when we start to roll out these podcasts, when we start to bring on these companies, we have a very firm understanding of the questions we're going to be asking. And again, the vision, the, the perspective, the feelings, the the importance of this brand is incredibly clear and incredibly simple to me and my partners. And I'm hoping it's incredibly clear to you guys, your potential employees, your applicants, they deserve to know the good, bad and ugly of your organization. They deserve to know what's actually happening inside the organization. They deserve to know what is actually happening inside the minds of the leaders. They deserve to know what they're getting themselves into for three reasons, really. Number one, to make the decision whether they wanna be there or not. Number two, once they get in, they have a firm understanding of what they're getting into, thus their strategic approach around how they're gonna navigate that reality can be thoughtful. And then number three, these things lead to more retention. These things lead to more productivity. These things lead to more engagement. These things lead to more empathy. These things lead to better outcomes for the business overall. If your employees that inevitably are trying to be a part of your culture, trying to be a part of your company, they know what they're getting into around very core operational nuances of the culture, of the company, of the day-to-day. So here are some questions that I think startups should be thinking about, operators should be thinking about, employees should be thinking about, companies overall should be thinking about. Let's dive in here. And I'm literally doing this on the spot, so please don't mind me if I pause or stutter or mess up the question. Sorry about this, guys, just in advance. Um, let me find something here. Uh, you know, here, Here's something that I think is actually interesting due to the times right now. Um, how do you guys view and express culture uh, or world and world political views? Is there freedom of expression? And if so, what format does it look like for a new hire to provide their thoughtful and responsible perspectives? Like how should they approach it? What should they say? Should it be done in an email? Can it be done just out and about? Can it can it be done in some of the internet kind of um, c- kind of platforms that are that are that are utilized and communicating internally? You know, uh, can they do these things in their own social channels? What are the policies? What are the guidelines? But the reality of it, not the you know, HR handbook policies of what can and cannot be said. Can you walk me through some examples of how you guys allow your employees to express their political views, their perspectives of race, their perspective of, of sex, their perspectives of the things that are going on in the country right now. I think this is more important than ever to really get an understanding of how a company handles it, how a company views it, how a company approaches it. And for us, when we're asking the question, we're going to do our best to try to get the actual answer, the no cush answer out of the companies and, and kind of slice through the core to get to the truth. We're not looking for a politically correct answer. We're looking for the reality. So I'll give you a perfect example. If a founder says to me, you know what? You know, I've been struggling with this because on one hand, I want all of my employees to be incredibly thoughtful. I want all of my employees to be incredibly transparent about what they're feeling and I want them to feel emotionally and psychologically safe. But on the other hand, 
I got to think about the brand. On the other hand, I got to think about our, our some of the stakeholders. I got to think about my investors. And, and if I, I'll be really honest with you. On the other hand, I'm even feeling a little odd. I mean, my mother's been calling me. My, my fiance's been calling me. My girlfriend's been calling me. I have kids. You know, like, you know, I'm even confused. Like, if I got an answer like that from a CEO, me being a potential applicant, I would be incredibly empathetic. I would be appreciative of that truth, of that authenticity, of that answer. That would give me so much peace. That would give me so much clarity. That would give me so much of an understanding of what I'm getting into. And again, if they were to provide me the policies, the dorms, the examples of what it looks like to responsibly share my point of view. If that's something that I feel I want to do, I now know how to go about it in the beginning of my career there. And again, not the, oh, it's in, you know, it's in the, you know, the culture HR handbook on page 196, not that, you know, now I have it from the CEO's mouth, from my direct report, my direct manager's mouth, how I should go about it in examples. So I think in this culture and this dynamic, it's completely important to kind of understand and know about that. Um, let me let me get another one here. Walk me through some of your proudest moments and not so proud moments as a leader. What triggered those moments? How did you handle both situations? What have you learned and how have you made uh, made those circumstances part of your core leadership behavior and personalities moving forward? That is an incredibly important question that I know for a fact an applicant wants to know. An applicant wants to know what is your what are your proudest moments as a leader and what are some of the moments that you're not proud of? Like, what are the moments where you really screwed up? Where are the moments where you really made mistakes? And again, off the backs of the political dynamics right now, I would have more. And I know this is going to be a little bit left field, guys, so please don't freak out. But I would be more empathetic. I would be more appreciative if a leader, a CEO or a manager directly told me they made mistakes around DE&I. They made mistakes around racial kind of dynamics, not being racist, but racial kind of perspectives and saying as though they were they were they they weren't aware. They were a little bit naive. They didn't understand the ramifications. They didn't understand what was happening. I would be more empathetic to that. What I don't want to hear is I don't want to hear Oh, um, you know, the biggest mistake that I made when it came when it comes to DE and I uh, is that, you know, we we realized that we only had 14 percent of black and brown people within our organization in leadership roles. Thus, we put together this BS initiative around DE and I and we donated twenty five thousand dollars to the local YMCA club that is 85 percent black and brown. Like that's I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear the politically correct bullshit things. I want to know the truth. I, as an applicant, and I think so many others as, as, as applicants, they want to know, again, the good, bad, and ugly of your proudest and weakest moments as a leader. And then what have you done to change? Practical examples that can be vetted, that can be backed up. What have you done to change? What have you done to expand your proudest moments? What have you learned from your proudest moments? What have you, what have you, what have you uh, taken away from some of your weaknesses, from of your some of the mistakes that you've made? So again, these are things that I think so many leaders need to start to unpack and start to talk about that they're just simply not. Um, what's one more that I can find here? Um, here here's an incredibly important one. How naturally flexible are you as a leader with your teams? Can you tell us some instances and examples that prove how flexible you are and how your team has benefited due to your flexibility? 
Now this is important. So when we say flexibility, we're talking about providing autonomy. We're talking about a flexibility with overall workflow designs. We're talking about a flexibility as it pertains to idea generation, innovation. We're talking about flexibility as it pertains to speaking up and pushing against cultural norms or pushing against what your direct report thinks is the best strategy and allowing you to share your ideas and your perspectives and potentially even convince them to go another direction. How flexible have you been? How flexible are you really? Again, and with this example, I don't want to hear a politically correct answer that you are flexible and you making up examples. I don't want to hear that. What we want to get to is the truth. In that day, imagine if we were actually hiring someone today. So what's the date here? Uh, you know, on September 9th at 10.05 you know, p.m. on the East Coast today, what have you done to prove to your people that you are or are not flexible? Like what are examples that lead to your flexibility? What areas are you flexible in? Maybe you're Maybe you're completely flexible around autonomy, but there's a couple elements that you definitely micromanage. What are those elements? Why do you micromanage? What experiences that have you had in your past that led to those micromanaging moments? What can you tell a new you know, a new member of your team that's going to be coming on in the next couple of weeks about why you've micromanaged, about why you have autonomy, about why you give innovation abilities, about why you allow people to kind of push against the norms. You know, what moments have you experienced where things humbled you? Again, employees, applicants, they need to know these things. They need to know how they're going to navigate the realities of dealing with a manager. They need to know how they're going to navigate the realities of the culture day to day. They need to know how to get their footing quickly. The company needs to know how an employee is going to get their their footing quickly. There are things that can be measured and tracked of, of, of taking an employee from hearing about the company to you know, ramping up to full speed. Like, you know, there is a certain amount of time where you heard about the company, you applied, you waited, you went to your first interview, your second interview, your third interview, your first week of onboarding, and now you're five weeks, seven weeks, 18 weeks down the road, and you're in full mode. You're working well, your productivity is through the roof, you're hitting all your deliverables, you're, you're on track, everything is amazing. There's a certain amount of time, and imagine if that time could be cut in half or cut in a third. Imagine if that time could be expedited a bit because an employee knows a little bit more about the realities of the leaders, the realities of the culture, the realities of the learning and development structures, the realities of the weaknesses, the realities of what they can expect and what they can embrace and what they should embrace and what they should experience. These things are important, guys. These things are valuable. These questions lead to so much good overall. And I hope I was helpful. I hope I'm able to I don't know, just change a startup's perspective and change a startup's outlook on these things. And um, I think that's about it. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed what I had to say and we'll talk soon.